Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. We had five kids in seven years. People think we're crazy, and sometimes we think they might be right. But most of the time, we love it. We hope this is a place where you can learn to be a better parent, but without taking yourself too seriously. Whether you're a new parent or have a few years under your belt, we hope you can find something new to think about. Or laugh about. After all, this is Parenting in Real Life. And welcome to episode 44 of Parenting in Real Life. I did it. I introduced the podcast. <laughs> Nailed it. You're natural. Was that okay? You're good? Yeah. That's good. really good. good. I'm you. proud of you. Thank you. Proud husband moment. <laughs> so for our Parenting in Real Life moment today to get us started, um, Alan's sister shared a couple of funny parenting memes um, in a family text. Most of them resonated with us like things we've actually experienced. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I've done that. Or my kids have done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ones that we liked, there's an old woman, and she has this nice little grin on her face. And it says, <laughs> me at age 98, fondly remembering that one time I made a meal and all three of my kids ate it. <laughs> <laughs> Love that because that is so true. Like, I'll make meals that all of my kids like. And for some reason, there's always somebody who's not going to eat it, even though I know that they've eaten it before and they liked it. Today, I did make a meal. We had some Swedish meatballs, and everybody ate it, and it was awesome. Because we're Swedish. <laughs> we're not Swedish. Oh. Most days, it's more like this other meme where it has the scene from <laughs> Beauty and the Beast where it says, then go ahead and starve. <laughs> So true. It's so true. I'm pretty sure I've said that to my kids before. When they like refuse to eat something, they're like, then go ahead and start. <laughs> I don't scream it at them. I just like, just like that. <laughs> we had a couple in our ward when we were first married and just had a tiny kid, but they had little twins oh, yeah. and they were like just learning to talk, but they love beating and beast. And she said she would hear them like yelling at each other, then go ahead and starve. <laughs> <laughs> I always think of them now when I hear that. Me line. Too. <laughs> it's awesome. I thought the same thing. So thank you for those who listened to our last podcast and also commented on Instagram. Um, so we asked on social media, what is the show that your kid is wants on repeat right now? We had two people respond to that. Mm-hmm. Becky, loved to be in the kitchen, said, My son is always wanting to watch Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. That one kills me because once Christmas is over, I am, no, we're done with Christmas movies. Even my kids always want more Christmas movies or keep singing Christmas songs. And we're like, no, Christmas is over. We are not singing Christmas songs. We feel for you, Becky. <laughs> Even Nathan was saying the other day, he's like, well, there's snow outside. It's still Christmas. I'm like, no, snow and Christmas don't go together. Snow and winter go together. Right? <laughs> it's like the square rectangle thing. All Christmases should have snow, but not all snow is Christmas. It's true. There you go. That was a good analogy. I'm sure that would help a four-year-old understand. <laughs> I'm sure he's super understand that. <laughs> Rebs Rain said, my kids are on an all hail King Julian kick. And I think I've seen that once. I think I've seen that. It's like a Madagascar yeah, spinoff. Off. Mm-hmm. In general, I like Julian. I think he's funny. <laughs> so that one could be okay. Unless you have, I think anything though, when you have to watch it a million times, you're like, seriously, again? Too true. Jack has killed 
Hotel Transylvania 3 for me. I thought it was pretty funny, but he literally has watched the last 10 minutes of that show 150 times today. <laughs> it is unreal. Like he just, he doesn't watch the whole thing, which would be one thing. He just goes back to the last scene and watches it. And then again and again, and it hurts me. It's the only part of the movie he wants to watch. It's if you've seen it, it's where they sing the Macarena and he loves it. Like, well, now he's being introduced to 90s music, so good for him. <laughs> it's the bottom of the barrel 90s music. <laughs> well, that's how they talk about it, too. It's like, what's the most, like, brain-draining song <laughs> if they pull out the Macarena? <laughs> I agree with that. So, and I'm sure he'll learn the dance, so he'll be cool among, among his peers. <laughs> Super cool. Now we're going to take a quick break. So today we're going to be talking about how to help your get kids get self-control and help regulate their emotions, their thoughts, thoughts and behaviors. So there were a couple articles that I looked at for this. Um, the first one, it starts out with the classic marshmallow exper- experiment. I actually use, they call them sweeties and a bell, but this is the same concept. Um, so you might have heard this experiment before. Um, it's where somebody gives a child a marshmallow and they say they're going to leave the room. And if they can wait until they get back, they get a second marshmallow if they don't eat it. What's a sweetie? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if it was just like a British thing or. That would be British called marshmallows. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what a sweetie. What a sweetie. Weird. So if they don't eat the marshmallow, when by the time the person comes back, they get a second marshmallow. But if they do eat the marshmallow, then they don't get another one. So it's just to see which of these kids have willpower and can wait and which of them can't. And so the results were, um, so they said a third of them ate the marshmallow. Another third, this one had a bell. So they, they would ring the bell when they wanted them to come in. So they were done waiting. And then the th- another third were able to wait the entire time till the person came back into the room. So the results were that 10 years later, this psychologist contacted the parents of the children who participated in the experiment. And he then discovered that children with greater self-control had become independent teenagers with intrinsic motivation, capable of coping with difficulties and failures. And then those who immediately gave up on their impulses became less tolerant to frustration, more disorganized, and with a predominantly in- extrinsic motivation. It's motivated by other things yeah. outside themselves. Thank you. Like punishment. <laughs> um, just a side note, this reminded me, if you've ever seen Magic for Humans on Netflix, have you, did you not see oh, that one? Yeah. <laughs> He does a magic trick with these kids with marshmallows and there's a little like introductory snippet that I put in the show notes. But if you want to watch like the full segment, you have to watch it on Netflix. But the first, like the kids put the cup on the, they can cover the marshmallow with a cup. So it's not like, so they don't want it. And then when they lift up the cup, the marshmallow disappears. And so you see these kids are like, what? (laughs) And then there are other times where he's just like making all these marshmallows appear and stuff. So it's pretty funny. If you want to watch that. He is funny. He's he's good. So it talks about what is self-control. Self-control is the ability to regulate emotions, thoughts, and behaviors in front of temptations and impulses. And they give some techniques to help emotions. I really like this because this, I don't know if it is, but it kind of feels like a nature versus nurture 
study, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. whatever your kid is at three, buckle up. Cause if they're good, they're going to be great. And if they stink, then it's going to be rough, you know? Um, but this suggests that there's some things you can do to help your kids get better at it mm-hmm. and save them as teenagers. Yeah. So you probably naturally have are predisposed one way, but you can definitely work on it. I'm a big believer in both. Yeah. For the record. I believe we come a certain way, but I also believe we can change. Because you can change. You can. (laughs) So the first technique is to recognize your emotional states and to stop them before reaching the point of no return. So they give you like two ways to kind of help your kid. The first one is like to play statue or like freeze. So you just want to have the kid be doing an activity and then have them freeze and see if they can hold still. Um, And then you can even try to make them laugh to make it a little bit harder, but this just kind of, you know, helps them to, it makes them stop, you know, and stop what they're doing. See if they can control themselves for a minute. I think the important thing there is before they reach a point of no return. Cause a yeah. lot of times I think I try and do this, but it's after they've kind of made the decision to be a grump or whatever the emotion is, you know, like it's once they've gone over the cliff Mm-hmm. And at that point, you're not going to save them that time. So you have to do it as you see it coming. Yeah. Either maybe as it starts or maybe when they're fine, like you can play freeze anytime, you know, just help mm-hmm. them learn to control their bodies a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, making them laugh. My mom would always do, my mom and dad would always do the don't smile. If you look at somebody and smile and say, don't smile when they're grumpy, it's super hard for them to keep a straight face, especially if they're not really sad. If they're just like being a stinker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. That works pretty good on our kids. Yeah. Some of them, when they're really mad, it won't work. But yeah, like you said, if when they're, they're just, just throwing a fit. Yeah. Well, you can get them to smile. And then the, the second way to help them is to help them connect images with their emotions. So they give an example of a volcano. So ask your kid to imagine that the in, their inside are like a volcano. So it contains all its strength and energy of this volcano inside them. And it says it has to be explained that like volcanoes, their inner volcano also loses control and erupts and causes their emotions to explode. So this will help teach them to distinguish anger, rage, irritability, or frustration, and hopefully be able to help stop the rage before they erupt. So... I think this is something you would need to talk to them about before. Like, you know, you can feel that volcano. You can feel it like getting ready to erupt. And maybe if they can just pinpoint that and say, I'm feeling those emotions, they can help calm down before they explode. Yeah. You have to identify it before you can do something about it. Mm -hmm. The second skill is to be able to block the impulse so you can think of a better solution. And for both of these things, it, is a good reminder that we need to be good examples of this, right? That we should count to 10 and calm down when we um, are losing our cool. And especially when you're giving consequences, we talked about this two episodes ago, um, that if you just shout out the first thing that comes to your mind when you're upset, it's probably not going to be good. And then you're more likely to back down from it versus calming down, thinking through, okay, what's a natural um, result? like. Nathan was blowing in his milkshake tonight and kept splashing it. <laughs> and instead of throwing it in his face, we said, okay, Nathan, what's going to happen if you do that again is you're going to lose your milkshake. And being calm about it really put it in his court 
because now he knew that when he blew on it, and he did, he lost his milkshake. And, of course, he blew it again. Because <laughs> he's testing limits, right? Like, he doesn't know how to handle non-angry consequences. So he's like, is that real life? And it was. Um, but we did take it away. Yep. And he was really sad. And we said, if you can, you know, control yourself and not blow in the milkshake, you can have it back. And I don't know what the research says. I know. Are you supposed think, to give it I back? I think that's okay. Because then he didn't blow in it. Yeah. And he was good about it. So then it's like, you know, why not give him a chance? Um, and I think you give him a short leash at that point and you keep an eye on him. But he learned that the consequence was, was real and then he stuck to it. Yeah. Same similar thing happened earlier today where Jack had some food and he wanted to eat it in the living room. And I told him no because we don't eat in the living room. And that he had to go back to the kitchen. And, of course, he refuses. And so I said, okay, then I'm taking your food away. And I took it from him. And, or sometimes I take it from him and sometimes I'll run to the kitchen. So either way, I'm making sure it gets back to the kitchen and let him know like, no, we have to eat in the kitchen and then he'll do it if he wants his food. So, yeah, I think the key there is if they run to the kitchen only after you start chasing them, you have to still take it because otherwise you're training them that like, you can ignore me until I come and like physically do something. Yeah, that's true. And then you get away with it. So you have to say no. You ha- you needed to respond the first time I asked, not when I started to punish you. Yeah. So some all other ways to help your child um, stay under control is to help them with relaxation techniques. So the first one is to help them calm themselves. They can play with things like water. Um, you can add a little soap to it to get bubbles. Um, or kids can play with sand. Uh, I've seen on Pinterest like these glitter lava lamps for kids to play with. Um, like I've seen it where they're, they'll have their kids sit on timeout, like on the bottom of the stairs and give them this little lava lamp type thing where they just swish it back and forth and it just kind of helps them come down as they watch it. So this, this could be like, if they're kind of upset just to find ways to like, just help them come back down and relax a little bit. Yeah. Another one is, um, give them the goal to, I mean, the goal ultimately is to help them regulate their breathing. And that can be hard for kids, so they give an activity that will help, and that's have the child pretend to blow bubbles. But they have to blow gently so that the bubbles will form, as as you do with real bubbles, right? But you don't have to give them real bubbles. It's just giving them a distracting activity that is focused on breathing in a way that they understand. Um, a kid, when they get old enough, will know how to blow bubbles. And so when you learn to control your breathing, you can balance many other functions of the body. Your heart will calm down. Um, And that will help your anger and anxiety dissipate as well. And now for a quick break. The heart behind the I'm on podcast is storytelling because every mom has a story to tell. I know that when I talk to my friends who are parenting and we share stories, we all end up feeling less alone and more capable of loving our kids well. You can find information everywhere on the internet. Some is bad parenting advice and some is pretty wise. We like to think there's a lot of wisdom on imom.com. And when you combine that signature wisdom with a great story, it brings parenting to life. We want a mom who's listening to see herself and her kids in these stories and rest in the confidence that she is the perfect mom for her kids. Check out the iMom podcast with new episodes every Monday. You can also do anti-stress balls and you can even create your own by filling a balloon with rice or sand. Oh, I had one of those. Those are the best. Yeah. It's like our kids have made those before. 
Um, Cammy came home with these new little toys called Squishy Mushies. It's essentially a stress ball. That's it's a like, really nice stress ball. I know, a little character. And like, oh, these are... Because not all stress balls are created equal. I have a stress yeah. ball at work that makes me stressed. Because it's too hard. <laughs> it's stressed. Like you squish it and it just immediately refills. It needs to like... needs to kind of... I don't know. You know? A stress ball should like be satisfying to squish, but then it should reinflate slowly. Yeah. Slower than your hand can open. Yes. Least. These are good. I want a squishy squishums or whatever squishy. they're called. I think it's squishy mushy. <laughs> but mushy is like M-U-S-H-Y. Q. Q. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. Anyway, Cammy wants those for her birthday now. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. They also gave techniques to help um, control behaviors. So one is to change the situation. So if they're struggling with something that they shouldn't be doing, remove them from the temptation. Have your kids sit on different couches so they don't hurt each other or putting electronics away during homework. Just take it away. Rather than trying to force your kid to learn how to be super disciplined, make it easy for them. Mm-hmm. Yep. The second is help them with their routines. So pictures for chores. Chore charts. Alan's Dude, favorite. <laughs> never seen one work. <laughs> Um, have your kids repeat instructions. Um, I used to teach uh, at our church. I taught the four-year-olds and, you know, four-year-olds can't sit still very long and they always all have to go to the bathroom and get a drink and all that stuff. So whenever we'd go out in the hall, I would say, okay, now what does it look like to walk in the hall? And usually we'd say they're quiet as a mouse, you know, and they're like, fold your arms. We have to be quiet as a mouse and no running. It worked 25% of the time because <laughs> some somebody would start running and they all end up running down the hall. I'm like, did we not just talk about this? But sometimes it would work a little bit. So repeating those instructions will help your kid to hopefully control their behavior and walk in the hall or whatever they need to be doing. They also recommend asking your kid problem solving questions. So if you can interject yourself into a stressful situation, you can have the, the kids answer. What would be a fair solution? What do you think you could do to help her feel better? How can we prevent this problem? Um, Encouraging that thinking leads to self-control, and eventually they'll start thinking of those things on their own, hopefully. Mm -hmm. But you're you're giving them the tools to think about things. That's a very Daniel Tiger thing to do. Yeah. I think that would mostly work for a little bit older kids. Like, I can't imagine our four or five-year-olds doing that, but maybe more like seven, eight, nine. I don't know. I think you probably should start before that. Like, I think if you ask Nathan, he would, he could get there. Especially if you did a lot. Yeah. He mm-hmm. makes the Help same mistakes that. every day. So <laughs> if you asked him, like, eventually he should start getting it. That's true. Um, and the third thing you can do is uh, change their response. So in the heated situations, it's easy for kids to lash out and burst into tears and refuse to cooperate. So having a plan that spells out what to do instead can help them hold on to that self-control. So some ways you can do that are role-playing. You know, if you feel this way or if this happens, this is how I'm going to respond. You can help kids know what to say when someone teases them. So um, again, just role-playing that situation. You can also help by distracting them so that they can sing songs or play little games, you know, when they're in um, 
a situation that they aren't loving. Yep. Same thing like with drawing or reading or listening to music, just, just distracting them um, and giving them alternatives to, to the stressful situation they're in. Mm -hmm. The last one are techniques to help control your thoughts. So as we talked about self-control, the three things, the three ways were regulating your emotions, your thoughts and behaviors. So we went over emotions and behaviors. So the last one um, would be thoughts. And so we're not going to dive into that one because we've already done two podcast episodes similar to those. Um, So if you want to go back, we did one about negative thinking and how to help overcome that. And that was episode 20. And then we also did an episode on helping your anxious children. And that's episode 29. So I think those, if you want to get a little bit deeper into controlling thoughts, then I would suggest go back and listen to those. Mm -hmm. So I hope those have been fairly simple things that you can do to help your kids gain self-control. I think this is such a hard thing as a parent of young kids is that there just appears to be no self-control sometimes. Mm -hmm. We did a lesson tonight on being kind and literally during the lesson, people started hurting each other. (laughs) It's like people, (laughs) we just talked about this, but they just like, they can't seem to control themselves. Like they can't keep their hands off of each other. And we're like, okay, we're going to go get PJs on. Let's be kind while we're getting PJs on. Oh, such a struggle. I think I said, Kindness starts with me like a hundred times. I'm like, okay, please be kind. And they just, <laughs> we're not getting it. <laughs> Rough. Zero <Yes>. self-control. <laughs> Rough. Um, so as a reminder, um, we gave some ideas about how to control your emotions, have them um, freeze, have them talk through it like they're a volcano so they can think about what a volcano's like and how, That's how they're feeling. They have all this emotion inside and wants to get out. Um, You can also teach them skills to block the impulses to make a better solution. We gave you some relaxation techniques, control their breathing, um, give them a toy that will help them like de-stress, like a squishy mushy or whatever that is. (laughs) Um, And then some more techniques to help control behavior. So changing the situation giving them routines or helping them know how to change their response. So anyways, this is something we think about all the time. We hope that it's helpful for you. And uh, if you have other tank techniques for how you help your kids with self-control, we'd love to hear them. I think we all as parents could use them. So share with uh, us what, what you do to help your kids get their behaviors and feelings under control. Thanks everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you found some helpful tips. You can follow us and should follow us on Instagram at PIRL podcast or Lorkeet sisters. You can tweet us. I'm at Alan T. Tanner. And I'm at Alexis Tanner one. You can also find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash PIRL. And please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, give us a rating. We, I think, generally are found because people either search parenting or people tell other people about it. So if you know a parent that you think could benefit 
from laughing a little bit about parenting and maybe learning some things about parenting, share our podcast. That's where how I find all the podcasts I listen to is by people saying, oh, this is good. So anyways, podcasts are becoming more popular. I heard someone today just be like, oh, you should listen to this podcast, you know? So when people are asking, hey, what's a good parenting podcast? Get a little plug in. Mm That'd be great. Thanks. (laughs) We appreciate it. And as always, a special thanks to our five kids for being kids.